Mabuhay, Liza Me. My name is Veronica, host of this podcast, Everything is Political. I'm still recording on unceded territory here in Jojihage. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then shame on you. Actually, no, um, because I actually have not properly explained why I do this every single damn time. But here you go. Um, it's Student uh, Reconnaissance Territorial. Long story short, imperialism, colonialism, and capitalism happen perpetrated by mostly the British Anglo-Saxon and French Francophone for us the Filipinos is the Spanish Empire and <clears throat> it's the US anyway the indigenous communities were displaced from their own land to the reserves quote-unquote like you know reservoir or an endroit for them to resettle like this is their their place but they're being resettled um this is the vanilla version of it this will be a discussion for future episodes for sure because um i never run out of things to talk about anyway you know y'all know that it's why you're listening to me on your free time and also i'm very touched by the way for allowing me in your time and just listening to listening to hear me get frustrated angry ranty you really really must like me for listening to me See, there's so many me in there. Anyways, isn't this a good segue for me to present my first ever guest in the show? Um, our last meeting, we talked about how Yosawa asked you why you are so loud. It's because you were listening to my podcast. Alors, uh, mes chers écouteurs, je vous présente France Toner, Atenang Bayan. Mabuhay, France. Uh, salamat for being my first guest in my podcast. Je te donne la parole. Mabuhay, Venu. Mabuhay, mga kablabayan. Salamat for having me. Um, so, yes, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm a therapist, community organizer. I'm also a wife and mother to an amazing 19-month-old. Um, but I also like to call myself and others a kapwakiz. Filipinos always playing with the wordplay. My partner has always mentioned this. She's like, you guys really like playing with your words. Um, yes, we have three languages that we use. If you want to go pure Tagalog, you can. You can go uno, dos, tres if you want to. Or if you go one, two, three if you want to. So there's that. And also, me as being queer and really having hard time um, kind of expressing myself with my identity it's much better to speak in Tagalog for me because we have mostly gender neutral things so sometimes actually when we do chica my brother was like wait 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 sino shaolet because again who are you referring to because is it that boy or is it that girl you don't know yeah we have to bring it back have to bring it back um anyway moving on um because if we don't we're just going to speak <laughs> okay um actually i just finished talking about the direction of this podcast from my three previous episodes so if y'all not have listened to it yet 
qu'est-ce que t'attends? Like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for your criticisms too. I have adjusted my audio from my first and second one because I'm still doing here. This is all, there's so many wires right now in front of us, friends. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just fitting for me to ask you the same questions I answer to myself. Who am I? Why is it important to participate in politics? And your roots, uh, your activism. So it's going to be a loosey-goosey cheese style just like how I go off topic on each episode we're already going topic anyway we got time I mean you have a little bit less time because you got your little ones but uh, yeah let's start with who you are so I'm so happy to be here today because at the moment I'm doing some pretty wild things with my life I'm currently candidate with Courage Team Sue Montgomery and I am running for city council for the district of Snowden which is one of the largest areas here in Kodanej and DG So it is really fitting for me to be on a podcast right now called Everything About Thank you again. I'm really proud to say that I'm the first Filipina ever to run the District of Snowden. I'm the first of our 1.5 generation to be a candidate. And you know, that confusion of being 1.5, you know, like having one foot in the motherland and one foot here and all that confusion. I hold that with me and I really count on bringing in those experiences. I'm also the first Filipina candidate to be fully educated in Canada doing my elementary, high school, university, and master's here in Canada. So really bringing in um, all of those identities and uh, just really hoping to be able to properly represent the Latino community and other immigrant and marginalized community uh, that do wonderful things in Alabama. Okay, um, I'm just giggling here on my side because like, I mean, for people who are listening, um, I, I assume and I'm letting you know that that you can feel the energy on brands, the way she speaks. I hope I speak that way too. Um, you speak very well. Girl. Oh, thank you. You see, I'm already doing like that eggy voice because I'm like kind of freaking out right now but yes being 1.5 myself which again in my previous episodes I did say I made my own category because who would have known um, a Filipina educated through the entire education here in, in Canada Quebec um, most of us you do technical program and then you gotta go work 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 because you have to help mommy and daddy for rent and get out of this place when at NDG coordinate which really sucks for me in my first ever episode as a 1.5 generation first generation immigrant here I grew up in this area and the goal is to get out of this neighborhood which sucks because then most immigrants you can see it like the Laval area the Longuri area the Brossard area everyone is moving out of the city but what makes Montreal Montreal is of its diversity multicultural and how we intermingle to one another another and still retain our culture but I feel like if we're all scattered all over the city then it's harder to retain that the other day I was just walking at Mackenzie Park we walk over to Saint Loisir um, with a mural because it's the only mural we have there so I wanted to check it out personally on the way there I passed by the swimming pool where I learned how to swim because I was afraid to swim and see all of these kids this camp kids everyone is just screaming and it's just really nice and then it saddens me because walking to the Saint Loisir you see all of those cement blocks falling apart there's no gr the greenery is their weeds they're not even properly quaffed you didn't even bother hiring like 
certain particular tourist to properly make it more pretty it saddened me because what are you showing to these little ones right now um they're having fun right here but it doesn't feel like they're being taken care of it sucks because i live now in my adulthood at Vilre and it's the 180 opposite of it right children feel so safe that they cross the street they know that people will stop and if um they wait they look at the adults first to give them like that little nod like yeah, yeah you can go cross so um it sucks on the way to this place to your house where uh where are we we're right in the heart of Kostanai <laughs> people are still looking at me I mean I guess you can see like this person is not from this neighborhood and I would just be like oh hello po- hello po. it's like oh hello iha hello iha and I'm like oh. you see I can still feel that homey welcoming but it's from the titas or the lolas there's one white lady in there was looking at me the whole time so I feel like there's so much potential in this that communitarianism feel is still there so i think that this neighborhood that you and i both grew up with it's time to give them the love they deserve right definitely and thank you for bringing up so many good points so first of all i want to speak to um this mural you're talking about because not only is it one that is beautifying our neighborhood and adding color to our neighborhood it's also a mural with a message this was a program done with prevention Cotelège and UG. And the mural was part of a project about culture, cultivating cultures of consent. Um, it's also really great because it's women who are up there, women of color. So that's really nice to see and it's really representative of the neighborhood. Um, thank you for talking about our parks. Our parks are something that really need a lot of love. You know, uh, they need a lot of maintenance. Um, you're talking about making sure things look clean, making sure that things are, you know, uh, well-groomed. We go in other neighborhoods and the hedges are definitely way better groomed and there's definitely more flowers than our end. Um, and what this does, and while this must look like just something so surface, what this actually does uh, is not just beautify our neighborhood, but it instills a sense of pride in people in the neighborhood. Uh, it tells the children in our neighborhood that we care not only for them, but we care about the environment they're growing up in. So that being said, Kutinej uh, NDG is predominantly families, pretty much. 47% of the families here have children. Uh, we have a lot of them elementary schools, uh, and a lot of people living in apartment buildings intergenerationally. You know, so you'll have a small apartment that literally has grandma, grandpa, parents, kids. Um, so as soon as the weather's nice, people want to get out there and use our parks, right? So we really need to make sure that at least those basic, basic needs are met. And unfortunately, we are not there yet. So as someone, like you said, who grew up in the neighborhood, who is still in the neighborhood, and personally now also raising a child in this neighborhood, he really deserves better. He really yes. deserves better. So that's yeah, I think uh, that's a very good segue to go to uh, my second questions. But before going in there, that's also one of the reasons why I'm now much more vocal and actually making my own podcast about it. Some of my friends um, have birthed a child here, if that's the best way to say it. But like they have children in here and I have spoken to this to you before. But one of them just recently gave birth, um, I guess a month ago. But before that, when she told us that she was pregnant, she was really worried about housing she still um, does take care of her little brother who's also like an adult little brother we never stop taking care of our siblings our kapatid it, you're for, 
forever, kapatid, okay? So, she was... Especially if you're ate and kuya. Yes. And so, she is... She is an ate. She took care of her ate's little kids when we were in high school. So I was just like very mad at her because she doesn't need this extra stress. Like, I just want you to focus on your pregnancy. What do you need, right? But no, she's looking for places to rent. Is it kid-friendly? Can, can she bring her cat or can she have her own cat? But this is a nice neighborhood. Um, I grew up in a place where bricks were thrown in the windows before. But now, look at that. It's a 180 degree change, so I believe that Kadanesh area severely needs some TLC. If they were able to do it, then I believe that NDG equally very diverse can do it. Um, so that's kind of what myself and my team are trying to do. We want to focus uh, really on the neighborhood. Other parties are presenting, uh, sorry, presenting candidates for mayor, and we are really strictly working in Kutinej NDG. What happens often with folks who are in bigger parties is that often their city councilors are stuck downtown, are always in meetings downtown. Um, I'm always in Kutinej, spending my money in Kutinej, doing all my extracurriculars in Kutinej, and really trying to keep all my investments in the community. So we can kind of talk about the fact that us Filipinos and also I can simply assume because I was told by other immigrant communities that um, we don't even support each other because we have that type of crab mentality and what that does is again from my previous episodes already and for those who follow me on Instagram it's debating against one another and um, us millennials, this, the youth um, I think we are aware of this and that's why we always encourage people oh you have that shirt you want to put like makulit in it like you'll go I'll buy it right um, I, I think we understand the concept of more investing in our community because like I said we were kind of oriented to work for someone else and then they're being like we're enriching them what about us like we've already struggled from our homeland and now we're still struggling in in here in our second home I think that it has to stop um, that being said um, my second question would be um, why is this I think we already touched it but like why is it important for us youth especially um, for the younger ones who just turned 18 who's now eligible to to vote why is this important for them to actually be aware of what's happening like why do why do they need to know France right or like other candidates as well why do they have to care so I think I'm gonna start by answering that question by going back to what you were saying about crap mentality. So for those who don't know, it's this analogy that we use that if you have a whole bunch of crabs in a bucket mm-hmm. and one tries to crawl out, the other crab will try to pull it back down, right? Um, but I think what saying just crab mentality does is it removes accountability from the system. Crabs do not belong in a bucket. So we need to see the bucket as the system that is actually trying to hold us all down. So liberation for one is actually liberation for us all. So we really need to find ways to continue to uh, uplift each other. Um, For those who are familiar with POP, to lift while you climb. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, lift while you climb is really what we should be doing. Um, So why is it really important for youth to participate, to be civically engaged? 
um, specifically for Cote d'Ivoire NDG. We have quite a young population. 38 years old is the average age in our neighborhood. So that's actually quite young. Um, and for those who want to look into this further, all the numbers that I'm giving to you today are from the May 2018 uh, edition of Codenej NDG's socio-demographic profile, and this is all available to you online. So that being said, um, so 47% of our neighborhood is from a visible minority, but I prefer to say from the global majority. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 77% of our population is either immigrant from abroad or at least has one parent who is from abroad. So that being said, if you look at our governments, if you look at who makes very important decisions for us, most of the time, they don't look like us. Exactly. So while they might have the best intentions at heart, what is more important than intention is effect, and the effects haven't been that good for folks who look like us. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important. Um, you know, we don't realize that municipal politics is actually our first connection to politics, and it's actually where we have the possibility to be heard more. Uh, every four years, uh, candidates are fighting for our vote, and especially in Montreal, in a place where there's so many candidates, it's kind of uh, easy to get lost. So I do encourage you to look into who are the people out there wanting to represent the neighborhood, and do they look like the neighborhood? Do they have a background like the neighborhood? I've been saying this to a lot of people. I think that what's missing in politics is street smarts. <laughs> There's a huge lack of street smarts. Um, often there's a lot of book smarts. And while I think that's really, really important, one thing that we have here in Cote d'Ivoire is we have a mixture of both. So that needs to be represented as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the street mark with, with my mic that I got from Renaissance. I don't need all of those fancy equipments to to do what I want, right? And it's better for Mother Earth. Yeah, that too. Um, I have nothing else to add that one. I'm just fangirling in this in my corner in here. Yeah, everything is political. We're literally talking about how everything is political and why you need to participate. In my second episode, I was really emphasizing on housing because I think it. I'm benefiting that Quebecois uh, Montreal rent rules that we have in here. Also, being Quebecois, like I consider myself Montreal Quebecois, d'origine Philippine. And I also want to really show off and brag what Quebec has done for for uh, common Quebecois. Um, most people not from Quebec, they always talk shit about Quebec. And I'm just like, nah, uh, uh, you know, like a lot of your free things were copied from Quebec first. So we are very, I live in a street named after a Quebecois feminist icon. I'm not sure if it's actually Quebecois or Francais, but she's a feminist herself. So um, that's a legacy that I always want to bring up because people always talk shit about Quebec. And Absolutely, and we're also very proud at different child benefit support programs that we've had here that work very well so that a lot of mothers can contribute to the workforce and build that intergenerational wealth <laughs> that most immigrant families have yeah, so I have um, faith in, in Quebec because Quebec actually has a more equal ratio of female and male 
working in the workforce because of our daycare system that everyone is trying to follow as well, which which is good. Other provinces are copying, but I think it's not enough. Um, hearing back to a single mom friend of mine, and she's talking about like I'm paying um you know eight dollars per day is still a little bit too much for me. I still want to finish my school. Mommy and daddy is already working two jobs. Kuya is already helping with childcare. You know, as Filipinos, we all it, it takes a village. It's always been like that. Um, exactly i have a car so we can go do grocery together get your your pampers and such right (laughs) so it's always been like that for us and it's not just uniquely the filipino community this is very present in other communities too so i feel like again this what makes montreal montreal um also i want to point out with the mural earlier um art art i have always been fascinated with artists i always use the code that art sustains my survival is um, uncertain. Our survival as immigrants in here has always been uncertain. We're coming into a different society uh, with different systems, with different laws. Art can sustain our own heritage, our own culture. And that's why I was pretty like dessus when I see that there's no love of art in our community. But then I would say, Monica, what's the point of having a euro? Why don't you just spend that money to go have more better housing, right? But like I said, it makes it feel like you are taken care of in this place and you're providing um, not only you're kind of like arousing this little little kid to be like you can do that mural thing isn't that cool your art is literally on a six etage like condominium unit I think that's super cool I've never been an art person myself I know that I can't draw I know that I'm not good with colors um, but I know I haven't been blessed with that either. me too but I, I, I'm holding a mic now so I know that I'm good at public speaking so I'll just use that one but um I know there are artsy people listening to me right now and I just wanted to say that like y'all you always make us very cool especially with Heidelin Diaz right now the weightlifter and so many uh, Filipino artists have drawn her and how like she looks so cool and I saw all of these videos of little kids um, just like oh my god she's so strong wow I wanna be like her I'm just like that's it the representation it started with an art it started listening to us seeing us and now you're running for uh, uh, as the counselor I think um, it starts from something and what we're doing right now is putting like a Jose the seeds right we planted the seeds or our ancestors planted all these seeds that being said like art has always been something something that we cannot attain in our community because we're oriented to start working um but you don't need that to know my dear filipino friends and others um again boasting about quebec we have so much social programs here if you want to go continue music go continue music sit the soleil was born here there's a reason why we're an art city quebec owns a lot of artists i feel like if you want to go dancing you can go dancing and our society our community is helping me through that and i want you all my dear listeners to keep the system with us we can always take out the bad ones and then improve something else right um so we go back to my last questions unfortunately it's the last one but yes um i'm an activist myself and our atenang bayan has always been part of um, the community hearing our um bands our frustration being a counselor um so let us know about the roots of this yeah so before being a therapist before being a community organizer i definitely identified 
as an activist. I would say that this started for me at the Simone de Beauvoir Institute of Concordia University. Rip. Yes, this is where I did my undergraduate studies and I focused on women's studies and with a minor in religion because you need to understand these different aspects when you're working with immigrants. Um, after undergrad, what I did was I interned, but I also worked for an NGO called Women in Cities International, that is still operational till today. Uh, basically, what they do is they do urban development for women's stake in cities. So actually doing urban development work is uh, not something that's new to me and still I can transfer to city council. Um, so an amazing thing that women in cities would do, they've had projects where they do safety walks with women. And this, they've had local programs, they've had programs abroad. So for example, there was a program where they did walks with a lot of women in India and identified that there needed to be safer public washrooms, mm -hmm. identified that there needed to be um, more buses that would pass by at night because a lot of women would work at night at the call centers that mm -hmm. serve, you know, the global north, right? Mm -hmm. um, so different things like that that perhaps we don't take into consideration when we build cities. So how might we tap into these marginalized communities who don't have a say when we build our cities and do better for them? Um, the other piece, not only about Filipino representation, but about uh, female representation. I would also love to see more queer representation. 28% of city council in Canada is women. That sucks. That is not enough for me. You know, that really, really is not enough for me. And it also speaks to how when women um, do anything, they have to work twice as hard to get half as much. That's women. What if you're a person racisé? Yeah. That's extra. And if you're queer, you're extra. And what if you're like a black, queer, hijabi woman? That's another extra. Um, 28% for the entire Canada. I find that ridiculous. But also, this is when I first time I saw that you, um, you know, you told yourself you're going, you're putting in your candidacy. I didn't know you then, but I immediately like texted you and saying like, <laughs> you made me cry, you tear me up and such. Also, I was high, but besides the point. Um, uh, I, those messages help just for those who are listening out there. Um, it might look you know, fun to be out in the community all the time. And it is, it is. But what we're doing here is really hard because we're really trying to work towards social change. We're really trying to um, change the status quo mm -hmm. um, and of a system that is so dated, but of a system that's been around for so long. So when you do try to change the system, the system is going to defend itself. Yeah. So you have to be ready for the fight. Um, and what refuels me for the fight is messages like you sent me. I get messages from Lolas and Titas who never thought this would happen and how it's so nice for them um, to see that this is possible. You know, I've gotten messages from uh, youth in other communities who usually, when they hear things like La Filipina, 
it means they're talking about the maid. It mm. means they're talking about the caregiver. Mm. And these members of the community were like, I was in a room and they said La Filipina, but they met you. They met the Filipina candidate. Mm. You know? Oh my God. So it's already changing the language uh -huh. that way, you know, of how we think. And um, so while representation does really matter, it's also about the type of representation. Uh, are people ready to serve? You know, do they have the right skills? And I hope that different interviews like this and different um, events in the community really allow me to show that um, this is actually a natural progression being in city council of the work that I have already been doing mm -hmm. for 50 years. Mm -hmm. That being said, I do appreciate y'all sending me a message too. I know some of you did and, and I understand completely, right? Receiving these messages from even people all the way from the west side of Canada. Oh, I know you're listening, so thank you so much. Um, I really do appreciate this. Not only that they get to have a hearing, listening perspective of how Jodiage is in Quebec, knowing that there's already some sort of like bad stereotype about Quebec, right? And I'm just like, no, no, that's not true, right? And because I already build some rapport with them, like, like, okay, you know what? That's not true. And I always tell people, if I'm able to talk to you and you know this knowledge now, then you'll be speaking to someone and you'll pass down this knowledge and wisdom. Oh my God, I feel like I'm very like wisdomy person. <laughs> but if that's what people told me and I do appreciate that one. Um, the 2019 election, actually talking about representation, I work at Ville Marie as the uh, um, election officers and um, that was when Jagmeet was running, Jagmeet still running, right? But the amount of people who showed up, mostly in Ash Adam um, area, uh, amount of person has to say because again, I refuse to say person of color. I don't think um, it's cool to identify me with the color of my skin. It's summer right now, so we're both tan. But in winter, I'm kind of white as white people, and sometimes I'm lighter than them. So no, I am a racialized person according to this white supremacy system. And yeah, but just letting you know that some of them, there's this um, brown uncle and he was screaming up and he's saying how like, I would have never thought that someone with a turban would be running as prime minister. And um, I, you know, I was with a Quebecois guy and the guy was just like, oh, he's overreacting, come on. And I was like, oh, like this is something very big for us, but I didn't have the emotional capacity to tell him off, right? So that's one thing. You run for an office, but you need to be able to set your ego aside. You need to be able to know, is this really what I want for the community? Um, you talk about your 19-year-old. I talk about my friends who have children in this area. So, oh, sorry. I'm not ready for 19 years. <laughs> 19 months. I'm so sorry. Yes, <laughs> the little one. Okay, anyway, yeah. Um, That's it. Is there any... Yeah, I just lost. I got lost in my own thoughts, but that it's okay. totally okay, and we can totally circle back. I do want to comment on one thing you said uh, and something that I think that we incorporate in all our conversations, and that is the understanding of intersections, of yes. intersectionality. How we are not just one identity, we are multiple identities that, uh, you know, play into each other depending on what situation we're in, and that can um, affect us or privilege us. And these are definitely things that we need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I have been called a letista. 
when I was younger and a little bit more less smart because I am smart I know that um, but humble ourselves right we don't know everything we don't know how people are in their own home um, one of the criticism I heard about Saint Loisir why it's kind of like not pleasantly looking is because all oh, the Christian is in here and this is where they hang out because they came from a background where it's a very broken family and I'm just like okay so we need we need to invest in the youth's mental health and deal with their with their emotion as young people especially to this day we're still trying to figure out I hope that people are trying to figure out how to heal their emotion I think right now we're having a revelation with our mental health we have the femicide happening uh, and um, I mean feminists and all activists have called this thing out once we had a lockdown like we realized that home has not always been a home for other people literally locking women in with their mm -hmm. and in my perspective as a queer person you know, it takes me a lot of energy to go and visit my parents, whom I love, of course. I always do my grocery shopping there anyway. But, like, it takes a lot of energy. And I feel like um, some people um, do not even understand this sort of privilege to be able to be 100% who you are. Shitwa. Um, for me, my parents have done their best, for sure. But I need to move on with my adult life as well. I live with my current partner. Our home has always been just a mix of us and where you're vulnerable, um, emotionally as well and I think you being a counselor and then you hear all of this femicide happening and not only with women but also with the queer community with the trans community I think it's just very important to be very intersectional and seeing um, um, politicians who've been in position of power for <clears throat> some of them for decades um, I feel like it's you've done your you've done your job you have connected the whole community you can take time now right like you have served this community very well i think that it's time for a more Mon montreal how montreal is which is a diverse um city an art city and that's what we're lacking yeah i'm just rambling uh we should really cut this thing off um but we can always talk after <laughs> um so franz stoner um a candidate here in snowdon area in Denise, Georgiagi, Montreal, Quebec, Canada, but Origine Philippines. Duh, I have to put that there, of course. Um, any message you'd like to say to my audience out there? Um, it's small, but I have. I want to believe that it's a big audience, so go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure it's growing, and I just also want to commend you for putting your voice out there. I know it's not easy. Uh, as I mentioned before, we need more female representation, we more, need more queer representation. Um, if elected, one thing I would love to do is find ways to make a neighborhood more queer friendly, uh, find ways to make sure that services are accessible and also queer friendly. Um, you know, you made a really good point about our homes being the place where we rest, where we reconnect, where we replenish. Uh, I would like to extend that beyond our front door and mm -hmm. make our communities a place where we rest, where we reconnect, where we replenish. Um, so that's kind of one of my goals. Uh, in terms of a closing message, uh, it's time for change. It's time for really serious social change. Um, for all of you out there, uh, even if you're like, oh, I don't know anything about politics, that's what the system wants. Yes. That's what the system wants. 
Um, people who are uneducated are easily manipulated. And when I say uneducated, I do not mean schooled because I have met very, very <laughs> educated people who are unschooled. So however education comes your way, be it school, be it community, be it different uh, artistic mediums, uh, however you educate yourself, please find the time to get informed and get involved. Um, I wanted to also mention that 11% of all the immigrant population in Côte d'Inej and DG are refugees. So we really need to uh, bring in people who understand what those situations are. So either being connected to or having family members having been refugees, there's a different um, knowledge and skill set that is brought in. So I just really want to find ways to make it easier for those who don't have food. Yes, um, that's perfectly well-rounded message to you all out there for people who's listening to me. Um, I shall thank you for your time and welcoming me to your casa or to our bahai. Yes, because yes, we're like trilingual here in maybe for language for you. Oh mon dieu, okay. Oh my, mamma mia! Wow. Okay, so someone will hit you up and practice your Italian with them. I live by Little Italy, so I'll hook you up with them too, with, with all of the noni in there who I just chat to because I have to help them put their yeah, it's rusty, <laughs> but it's there. Ah, voila. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yes, so I shall thank you, France, for being my first ever guest in my Everything is Political. It's an absolute honor, and I'm really, really touched to be here. Okay, so that being said, you have learned so many things from us. I will close this by saying that sharing is caring. Knowledge is for power and let's, let's empower, empower each, each other. other. So, um, yes, how do y'all find that? Do let me know with your DMs because I do, I read them and I appreciate them. Um, you can always find uh, France socials to where? So you can find me on Instagram at France Stoner, S-T-O-H-N-E-R underscore Snowden. Actually, Doc Snowden. Apologies. Yes. Apologies. <laughs> Apology. um, I'm getting confused with my Facebook. So my Facebook is France Stoner, political candidate. Do add me. Do find me. Uh, France like the country. S-T-O-H-N-E-R. I'm sure if you Google that, I will pop up. Yes. Um, and Neville can also plug my, my socials. For sure. When this comes up. Oh, yeah, that being said, my social is Lahat underscore Conectado podcast. Conectado, but with a K, not with C, so I want to put the Filipino connection with that one. Um, Lahat, L-A-H-A-T. Yeah, sorry, I have to like do that really staccato style. But yes, find us in our social. I'll always put it down with um our notes, the podcast, and c'est tout. Les amis, we're Merci finished with here. Merci, Vero. Merci and Vero out. Bye.